Hello everyone, welcome back to the Side Hit Podcast, I'm your host Fat Tony, and today with us we've got Sharon Parker, welcome Sharon. <laughs> Kia ora Tony. How are you going? Really good, thank you. Salon, how's the summer? Summer was good, yep, summer's been a very, very long, nice, hot, dry summer. Yeah, and you guys and were around welcome. town? Yeah, we just arrived back in December after nine months travelling around in the caravan. Around I New Zealand. S- I've seen that, taking advantage of the tourist-free roads. Yep, indeed. Um, yeah, we kind of got scuttled by COVID, couldn't get up north when we wanted to, so we went to Taranaki instead, but um, d- no, we had a amazing... Looked like a good time. Yeah. Um, what was the inspiration behind, behind going and going doing away? that? Um, well, we'd been talking about it for years, um, talking about it before our little girl, Tui, um, actually came along so we've been talking about it for over five years and then the time just kind of was right and made the plan and and it happened bought the caravan off Tim's cousin and hit the road mm. Aotea Rhoda is that right? Aotea Rhodey Aotea Rhodey I definitely had some FOMO with some of those pictures there's a whole lot of the country I'd never seen oh so many places that mm. yeah never been what yeah awesome what was the highlight for you? Uh, highlight would have been um, oh, so many, but catching up with long lost family in Napier and doing East Cape was real, real good. Just quiet and mellow and Sweet. just, yeah, it was awesome. Cool. And Tim would have been pretty happy being by the ocean. A yes, lot, yes. Being a bit yep. close to the ocean. Totally. Surf was right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll fire this one up. Sharon, where are you from and how did you get into snowboarding? Uh, so I grew up in Auckland on the North Shore. Um, and snowboarding, I got into, well, mum used to take us skiing um, and we learned to ski at Takino Ski Field um, on Ruapehu. And then snowboarding, I think um, I started, I had a go when I was about 14. I just kind of saw snowboarders on the mountain and thought, Oh shit, that looks really good. And um, so, yeah, basically, first chance I got to try it was when a friend of mine's big sister had um, hired a board for the day. And it was at Tūra, and it was fucking real icy and blizzardy. And <laughs> she was off it. So I was like, okay, I'll have a go. And, I'll, and her, the boots were way too big, but I just put it on and just ate shit but I was totally into so it. was this kind of like ski boots and hogger bogger? It wasn't ski boots actually no. it was no it was like massive big lace ups that were way too big for me so I just <laughs> cranked them as tight as I could and it was ice so it was uh, it was I was terrible but I as soon as I tried I was like nah I'm doing this I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna what do was it. um what was the motivation behind that considering that it's hardly the um Hardly the best conditions being white out in ice. Like, what triggered that? Oh, this is what I'm doing. I think I think I must have just seen one or two snowboarders on the on the field, like, and just seen because it was so new. I think that would have been about '92. Um, yeah, there was just no one doing it. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh my god, that that looks way better than skiing (laughs) Mm. did you surf or anything or skate or anything i i mean a little bit of skating but not 
not really um and no i didn't surf um but yeah just looked good that's oh, right and did that continue um going down to Rapeo every couple of weekends for the next few years uh, I, I think I didn't have a, another go until the following year um, when I talked mum into renting me a board or something and um, John Pickens was a good friend of mine who I think him him and his dad and his older sister maybe his younger brother they all got snowboards and um, they were at Whakapapa and um, I think just them doing it, I was like, okay, I'm going to join you and we're going to, yeah, it was just. So John was a friend from Auckland. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I, I got a, um, yeah, got a board and I, I remember, yeah, eating shit for the first day and then I was just like, nah, this is, I'm going to do this. Mm. <laughs> and then just, yeah. So you had your own board or were you still renting? I think I must have been renting at that point. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, and then John talked me into getting this hazmat. With, oh, wow, yeah. With the, that frog one with the yeah. um, baseless bindings, baseless yeah. low backs. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> he had, like, the Noah Celestnik Sims um, with the skateboard. Oh, my God, there's so many collectors that would um, give their left nut for that one. Yeah, yeah. and um, so, yeah, so I remember getting the hazmat and I got my black nail polish out and turned it into the shazmat. <laughs> <laughs> the creative yeah. since day one, huh? <laughs> and, um, yeah, so, yeah, so started writing at Whakapapa, I guess that would have been 93 or 94, I can't remember what year that would have been, and... And so I, my mum uh, joined us up at a ski lodge up the top of the downhill chair, bottom of the West Ridge, called Downhill Ski Club. And um, we'd go there in the holidays and spend two weeks up on the lodge. And um, that's where I met Logan Holt, and he was staying there no as way. well. This is um, way back before the Logan Holt we came to know in the magazines. And yeah, whatnot. yeah, would have been, I guess. Um, yep, and so I can't really remember. I think he was, his family were friends with some mutual friends of ours. But anyway, we, yeah. And he was snowboarding, and then me and John and Logan would, yeah, ride it. Right. So you spent quite a few seasons with those two guys. Right. Yeah, I think our last, like my last three years at high school, um, we'd drive down to, well, when we got licence and John had like a Subaru Justy and we'd <laughs> we'd ride down and drive down and, um, yeah, and ride and just learning to ride with those guys was just super fun and just following them down the hill and Logan like ping-ponging off everything. He's just like hitting anything and everything and just basically learnt how to ride just picking a line and that's a going good that blueprint line. though that, yeah. I mean that guy can ride a snowboard like yeah I think I was saying off mic beforehand like I had this moment in Japan where I was supposed to be showing him and Maria around and I was just trying to catch up but just watching him on snow just handle didn't avoid anything it just it all got handled and I was just like damn that is yeah, incredible style. <laughs> yeah, he could totally pick the line. Yeah, and and the terrain up like Fakapawa was so good. So yeah, just loved riding with those guys. And mm. 
basically just was became my obsession yeah sweet and was there any influences um local or international you were looking at um, magazines or in media or whatnot yeah um i'd say my biggest inspiration back then would have been victoria jalos oh yeah don't know how you say her last name but she was like riding big like alaskan spines and like just big mountain riding and i i just see her in the magazines and be like yeah shit yeah that's that's what i want to do all first descents too eh? Uh, oh yeah i guess so yeah and yeah she was just riding big mountain and that's what i wanted to do and Mm. yeah she was pretty much the only kind of female inspiration that i had at the time yes so it wasn't too many girls shredding around real paper no, I mean, uh, John's sister Lisa was probably the only other girl that I knew at the time, I think. Hmm. I guess I didn't know her, but I know that Carla Simcox was there um, shooting, but that we didn't meet till later. But, I, yeah, you just wouldn't see many girls yeah. So I think Carla popped up on the radar once she was down in Queenstown or something, eh? Yeah, I think I I must have met her down. Like the early 2000s. Yeah. She came down for a mission and did a bunch of comps, and I think I met her then. Mm. Yeah. So what prompted the move down down south? So as soon as I left high school, I I just had to move to the South Island to get closer to the mountains. So I just, um, yeah, made the call to move to Christchurch and go to art school. Um, was that going to art school or going to yeah, art school? <laughs> yeah, that was my, that was my um, yeah, no, that was that was the decoy, no. Mm. Um, yeah, basically, I did, yeah, I, I wanted to go to art school, but I wanted to be only an hour away from the mountains as well, so just left home and moved to Christchurch, would have been 97, I guess, Um yeah, and that was like pretty much the best best move. Sweet. So was that the infamous spring, Springfield boarding mongrel season? It was, yes. So were you part of that? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, so I met, when I first moved to Christchurch, I met um, the Nelson crew, I guess, who, who were the Springfield mongrels came from um and they were like well i guess the first person i met when i moved to christchurch was um a chick called kath door and she was a really awesome skateboarder and snow uh surfer and um i'd seen her skating the vert ramp at the big day out that summer i think before moving to christchurch and i'd taken a photo of her on the vert ramp at big day out and then i moved to christchurch and she was like the first person i saw and so we just kind of instantly hit it off and so through her she was way more into skating than i was i just used it to get to uni and didn't skate ramp but she was into it so we went to waikola park one day and met uh, Dean Hunt and Trevor Ponting and Raf Doidge were all skating the vert ramp there. That's, that was a, the... that's a heavy crew on the vert <laughs> ramp right there, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was the first time I met Dean, and I, I was, I was really into photography then, so I had my camera with me, and um, yeah, took a bunch of photos that day of 
Dean and Trev and um, yeah, I, st- I think I still have the negatives. Yeah, but the yeah, that was cool. That was really cool meeting Dean. So mm. then he he'd been um, he he was living at Springfield with the rest of the mongrels. So <laughs> when winter came along, we um, yeah we would go and see them on the way to the mountain, I guess, because we were all doing a season at Porter Heights. Mm. And um, Kath's boyfriend ended up living at the Shearer's Quarters in Castle Hill. So we would um, spend a lot of time out there too, which is actually where I first met my partner, Tim Searing, who... Oh, right. Yeah, that was, he was ended up living there that season as well and doing a season at Mount Olympus. And he, oh, yeah never done it before but um yeah that's where we met um originally so we'd ride porters with um yeah the the mongrels and <laughs> so springfield didn't know what hit it was, no, it? Like, was, it a it bit was of a... so good it was just i oh mean shit i don't know there wasn't really anything going on at all in springfield mm. except the caravan park but <laughs> they were a good crew fun mm. crew uh, Dean Hunt's just the raddest dude. Isn't he? Uh, yeah, man, I met him years later when he was living in Dunedin. And he was so fucking good, it was intimidating yeah. to, to watch. But then you'd actually fucking sit down and shoot the shit. Oh, and you'd be like, oh, no way, this dude's just <laughs> the raddest dude, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Incredible yeah. skateboarder. Amazing skateboarder. Yeah. yeah, I've lived with Dean a few, time, few times over the years. And, yeah, we've had many, many... <laughs> Big long conversations. Yeah, mm. he's he's a good friend, totally. Yeah. And so, who else was part of that crew then? Uh, well, I guess it was Matt Proctor and um, Toddy. Um, there was uh, Scott Savage and Ross Mitchell from um, Nelson. Um, the infamous Muddy was in jail, so I didn't get to meet him. But um, yeah, so uh, and I guess. Um, Becky Olivia was there that season at Porters as well. Um, yeah, and it was that year that I met Jubray at Porters as well. Oh, so and so how how that all go now? Um, so Jew and Vicky Course came to Porters to do a, a girls camp, and I yeah signed up for the girls camp, and Jew was um, yeah they were the coaches. And I just remember instantly just hitting it off with Ju. And I remember riding the T-bar with her. And both of us were just like tripping out on the on the clouds and the sky. Just really bonding over <laughs> the sky and the snow and how cool it was. And um, yeah, no, she, she was amazing. So it was so cool to meet her and see her ride in, in the flesh, you know? And yes, yeah, so and this is a few years before we got to know her in the magazines and stuff, right? I guess, so, so that was 97. She would have been in the mags by then, wouldn't she? I remember I a checkout or something, but it wasn't... Like, it was her interview that really, from what I can tell anyways, and outside of looking at it and put her on the map, but, like, how was it when you first seen her ride? Like, was she the Jubray that we know now? Like, holy fuck. Like, um... I guess f- for me, I, um, I I I must have known who she was. I guess um, by then, because I would have been following what was going on. But um, she, I mean, she's just such a solid writer. Like, just yeah, she's 
basically always been so solid um and just seeing her and just fun like she just has fun and she loves it like she's so passionate about it so it's kind of contagious mm. yeah oh and speaking of um female writers back then um did you know rachel newton not at that point but oh, right. um i i met rach i guess in wanaka a few years later um through joe possibly can't remember exactly how we met maybe i th- think yeah sh- yeah, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all good. But so, bit of a tight scene in Canterbury there. But how? What prompted the move from Canterbury down to Wanaka? So I uh, had a friend um, that I went to school with who had moved to Wanaka, and so in my uni holidays, I went for a trip down to stay with him and um, check it out because I'd heard so much about it and went up TC and was just totally that's where I want to be this is this is my place um yeah and so I pretty much decided after that holiday that I would be quitting art school and moving to Wanaka the next winter so so were you guys all on the um what was it the the government snowboard team I wasn't actually no I definitely made uh, but it was so much easier back then because um rent was so cheap and Mm. um I yeah I had a job I had I when I first moved to Wanaka I um got a job developing photos and um and the Wii and the Wii not at Harrow's no no at Tourist Craft which was um like a you know tourist I had so many little trinkety things in there, but they did um, like our photos. So it was such a sweet job. I could um, ride most most of the day and then get back and develop photos in the afternoon. And it, yeah, it was it was a good good job. So I paid my way, which mm. you know rent was like fifty bucks a week. You know. Yeah, so, <laughs> old Wanaka. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. how was? Like, can you describe like Wanaka's? changed so much since then what was Wanaka like back then in the late 90s oh it was so good like um just mellow um I guess there's just such a huge crew um so many people doing the same thing you know writing Mm. all day and I guess maybe it was just because we were that age and that's what you know 20 year olds do but um it was there was a thing with the farmers versus the snowboarders. I think you know there was oh, yeah. a, a definitely the the you know the long term local who weren't into the snow would like the, when snowboarders came to town. It was a bit of a bit of friction there. You'd but, hear stories about fights and barrows. Or yeah, something, eh? the farm, yeah. the farm, or the rugby boys and the and the snowboarders. But yeah, um, yeah like when when I first moved to. Wanaka, it was, I, yeah, there was a huge crew up at Triple Cone. We were just, yeah, it was a good, Sweet. good, good bunch so of So who crew. were some of the standout riders that got your attention when you uh, were riding TC that, that, those, that time? Yeah, there was, um, I guess, um, that that first year at Triple Cone, I, I guess, came, came across the Daggers, the, um, the Dunedin crew. Um Joel Westcott and um, 
well, Sam Castle was riding when he wasn't injured or <laughs> had a board or something. Um, who else? But mainly when I yeah first moved to Wanaka, I just met this really good crew of girls and we oh, rode. So, we so rode. who was this crew of girls? Um, so probably best known as the Barracudas. Oh, right. <laughs> if you haven't heard. Um, so there were, yeah, like, um, Sally Norman was one of the first people I met when I moved to Wanaka. Like, I remember meeting her at a party at the flat where the skate park was on Dunmore Street. You know, I mean, skate ramp out the back of the old flat, um, next to the White House. Um... And Sally was there, and I just feel like I'd like known her forever. Yeah, we just hit it off straight She's away. Proper Wanaka local royalty there, eh? Sally was yeah. She's she's um, one of the originals, mm. and yeah, and then so Sally and Katie Keene, Kate Wolf, Emily Larrabee, um yeah, so many girls um, actually just riding up at Triple Cone and going and so out. They, they already had their tight group of shred yeah, friends. Yeah, and... totally. And that, I mean, most of them had gone to school at Mount Aspiring. So, mm. so um, how how was that though? If you rolled up by yourself, they're like, "Oh, what's up? Come join us!" Or was yeah, it totally, because that's what they like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and we and I guess I was with my mate Joe, who had been at Mount Aspiring as well. So. That's how I met them, and well, Pete Cheney, Chanos, and um, and so they just instantly like, yeah, we we just hit it off, and that was my crew, and I think that's what made moving to Wanaka so much easier because I already had my crew. So Brad, we we mentioned this off mic too. Like, I was, Spy was the first person that ever brought to my attention the Barracudas, which is funny because I, I grew up skating in Dunedin with all the dagger dudes and he's all like oh I prefer the barracudas nudge nudge <laughs> wink wink I'm like what the fuck are you talking about and he's all like oh you know what I'm talking about nudge nudge I'm like oh, I what don't spy, spy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's, there's two hack or for yeah yeah no we've yeah we've we've got a good there's too and, many of them and now. It's, it's just been growing, eh? It's hundreds. <laughs> literally hundreds. hundreds. <laughs> Holy shit. So. Look out for the cooters. Mm. You mentioned before Sam Castle. He just left us recently. Yeah. You got a story or two about Sam you'd like to share? Yeah, I guess. Um, so me and Sam lived together um, up in the flat up above Paper Place, which I guess now is... It was soul food. Yeah. Um, and now it's a restaurant. Um, so, yeah, up above Tuatara Pizza. And um, so I moved in there with my boyfriend at the time, Tom Smiley, and uh, Sam Castle and Paul Hurley. Oh, yeah. And now I was on the subject of daggers. <laughs> yeah. And that was, that was such a good such a good flat, such a good time. Um, I was working at Tuatara Pizza then as well, actually. So that was... Perfect. Was, was that when Dino was working at Tuatara uh, he, as well? Yeah, we worked together. So, yeah, that was... They, I kind of missed Tuatara. Oh, my God. I mm. missed Tuatara pizza yeah. so much. <laughs> um, and while we're on the subject of that, well, have we got, we got a Sam story? Sam, I guess uh, maybe just write, like learning to ride half pipe up at TC with Sam. And, I mean basically... Sorry, so TC, half pipe. There's two things that don't people don't associate together now, but... <laughs> 
They no. actually had a hand dug half pipe back then. They did, and it went like across the fall line, so it was like um, where just where the Palmer is now, I guess, like, um, or not quite, but in that direction, and it basically was hand cut by hand. I can't remember who. Used to, I mean, everyone used to dig it a bit, but I can't mm. remember who was actually employed to do that. But I remember, like, that was where I learnt to ride halfpipe. Yeah. Um, and it was just, like, one hits, really, with Sam Castle just trying to go, you know, as big as... That was the thing, just trying to go as big as possible. Ollie Burke sent through a... It's on what I think might be on the Wanaka Skate Club Facebook page. Yes. Of Sam, it must be about this time. Yes. Busting what looked to be about a 10-foot-high method air out. Yeah. Which, when you look at that transition, is like, fuck, that's an achievement. Yeah, <laughs> man, totally. And, yeah, because mm. he, he was goofy, and I guess, yeah, that would have been his backside, and because, mm. yeah, my backside, that wall was, yeah, no good. But, um, yeah, he he just, yeah, he could pull air out of anything, you know, and mm. just, yeah. He, he, yeah, and just so, he was always so, like, amping, you know, like, it's like, go Shazza! You know, I just remember him just totally, yeah. I worked with him at Cadrona my first season there. Oh, true. And we worked together in food and beverage. Oh, no way. Because I had that unit board and I was all, as anyone that's listened to this knows, I'm a big fan. And so he showed up and I was like, no way. And I just remember he used to heckle me from the chair. Like I'd be riding on these and be like, huck it, bro, huck it. (laughs) And I'd always feel obliged to do something that was beyond what I could do. Totally. And I didn't really land it. (laughs) But he'd always be like, yeah. (laughs) And that's such a common theme, eh? Like Mm. he totally tried to get everyone to, you know, go hard. And Mm. yeah, yeah, he definitely went hard and broke lots of boards and mm. himself but yeah so I spent quite a lot of time or well, when I live with him yeah a lot of injury time as well as yeah ripping skateboarder too yeah totally. remember someone had um, what lifty at, at Cardi's it was about 2000 2001 had a video of Sam ollieing that eight steer by the um bullet bar but like had someone sitting on the eight steer and he was ollieing over them and shit it's like and there's like it's the shittest run up there's cracks and yeah. Fuck knows what. He just got. He's just got pop. Mm. Yeah, totally. Mm. Yeah, and Hurls was another funny, funny dude to live with. Well, it's good you mentioned that because Dean told me that you have to tell me a story about Hurls, that flat, and the motorbike. Oh my god! Yeah. So, I don't know. People who've lived in Wanaka a while will probably know um, this old truck driving dude called Stumpy who gets around town with a um, ponytail and a sweatband. Oh, like, that dude, yeah. <laughs> in glasses. Yeah. So he lived in the flat right next to us, up, up above, you know, paper, paper place. So there was, he just had this tiny little place. But we shared, a, um, we shared the stairs at the back. And Hurls was... Uh, he was yeah he had a, he had a motorbike a, a moto bike that he used to park just in our little kind of foyer area, but he one day decided to, and he always used to ride the moto up the stairs into the house, <laughs> but one day he decided that he would drive his moto right into the lounge and just do a burnout in the lounge. <laughs> Because that's just what you do, right? Yeah. And so the house like fills up 
thick with smoke and it's so fucking loud and and stumpy next door is coming like like banging on the on the door and um hurls is just fucking ringing it out and 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 you know burnt through the carpet through the floorboards you know just the floorboards are all like burnt and stuff and (laughs) you can imagine hurls just like yeah yeah um, and then after that, like forever after that, we basically had a big piece of schist that we just put on the burn mark on the floor <laughs> and just like carried on with this big piece of schist in the middle of the lounge. But, you know, we didn't have any flat inspections. And, and the landlord was none the wiser. God knows who out. the landlord was. I have no idea. We, we never saw any landlord or anything. So Stumpy wasn't impressed. And I think Hills had broken one of the steps as well. So, yeah, no, it was... <laughs> So I think, um, again, Ollie Burke, he, um, I acquired a copy of a video blung or one of those videos. I think it's got a section of just Paul Hurley, like, on a scooter, like, motored scooter, like, jumping off stairs in someone's house and then riding it through a hedge and shit. Ah, and, 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 oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah some, something like that. Oh, God, uh, fuck, Hurls was just a wild man, <laughs> eh? Totally. Just, oh, that's yeah. so funny because my interactions with him was always at like Mornington Skate Park. He'd show up, do these huge air walks, and then leave. And, and we're always like, man, what a mellow ass ripper. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mellow. Yeah, mm. totally mellow. Yeah, in his, in his dressing gown <laughs> listening to Rod Stewart. Totally mellow. <laughs> mentioned her before so it's time to bring her back up Jew Bray yeah so you've run tight with Jew for a while eh? yeah yeah definitely um totally think Jew is yeah she's a huge part of my snowboarding life and um yeah she's just such a New Zealand snowboarding icon icon I guess Mm. like just um without Jew Fuck, you know. I mean, Jew basically blazed the trail uh, for herself um, when there was there were just there yeah, there was no trail. So she mm. was like on it, had total belief in herself, and and just I guess she got recognised um, internationally um, and managed to get international sponsors, which helped. But she definitely put the hard yards in back in the day when snow sports wasn't a thing and mm. if you had to, if you wanted to go overseas you made it happen um yourself and she, well she just so, so she funded her most of her olympic campaigns off her own back yeah i believe so um she definitely um would have been the 20 2000 and i don't know would have been oh six or don't know which one it was but she had a fundraiser um and she got a bunch of local businesses on on board and sold raffle tickets for um to you pay for a trip to the olympics and i remember selling i was had a couple of books of raffles and i went around um selling to local businesses and stuff and i ended up buying shitloads of them myself and the 
first prize or the big prize was a trip to Fiji and I ended up winning that so that was (laughs) 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 rigged yeah totally (laughs) I bought so many tickets but nah Mm. Ju totally um, made it happen for herself and Mm. yeah like going I mean she her international competing career was so extensive like I actually don't know how she funded all that um she just i mean the world the world cup circuits and stuff mm. I, um like i think it might have been ollie burke again mentioned to me that she was the first kiwi to win a world cup right and that was on the back of her coming back from an acl blowout or something right so uh, yeah you man know. she's so like her her mind strength is so strong mm. like, like i guess competing against her whenever I have competed against her back in the day when I used to do a bit of uh, like half pipe or big air or something and just her mental strength at at the top of the pipe or you know when she's dropping she's just so in you know in the game she knows what she's doing she's Mm. yeah she's tough you know Mm. and so when that interview came out like do you remember did that have an impact on you or I'm sure it must have like I can't I I, I'm it must have but I can't I remember one of the things that I thought was coolest was when I saw a a picture of her doing a big uh, big ear off something but wearing the pink dress and I was like (laughs) fuck you that's cool um yeah so yeah I liked her style like pretty punk and um so I think it's it's been mentioned in quite a few like how much of an influence that interview had on so many shredders but also it was kind of cool was like not long after your checkout came along and it was kind of cool like rad it's more than just you doing this and that had more influence too than what people realize and stuff yeah and right like jew's got a hell of a legacy that she's blazed and left uh, and she's you know? what what is super cool is that she still is at that level now. Like she's still doing the things that she's always been able to do. Um, like now, still and, whipsy run at the bank slalom. Yeah, right? yeah, and totally. I mean, she's just so strong. She's basically an athlete, though. She's always mm. been an athlete, and she's still an athlete. She's so strong. She's so focused, and um, yeah, you know the way she lives their life is you know it's, mm. it's all about um strength and mm. and she she just gets out and does the shit you know now she you know she goes to the west coast a lot now and just goes fishing and um were you there when Ju um snuck into the wanaka big ear and dropped in i vaguely remember i probably would have been i'm i must have been there um i don't remember it but i have like it rings a bell. Mm. So I just remember reading a letter to New Zealand Snowboarder about how there was no women's division and what the fuck's up with that or something. And because I, I was with a bunch of lifties that kind of knew, I didn't know what was going on. And then they were all like, she dropped in a straight edit and they were all like, yeah, shit, yeah, you know. And, what what is up with not having a woman's section, I, eh? I don't know, especially like that was the early 2000s, I think. So it was sort of... Yeah, that's good the, on her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought it was pretty sick, you know, like, oh, fucking break totally. in and fucking get some yeah, anyway. Yeah, that's definitely ringing bells now, but I, I 
I bet I was there, mm. but I just can't. can't Is that also probably you sort of mentioned like a head game? Like that's a pretty fucking like to have. You got to have a good oh, head game so to tough. crash a party. Yeah. Drop in <laughs> and not fucking slam. Yeah. Like, Pull it off. You know. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. No, nah, but she would have just been like, nah. I mean, she, yeah. She would have been like, fuck that. Yeah. I might have to get her back on. We just talk, talk about, about that. that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a lot of us sort of back in the day associated you with the, we'd see pictures of your like half pipe and that sort of yeah. style of writing. Was that something that sort of gravitated to towards you a bit more? Yeah, I guess after um, learning a few hits in the pipe with Sam and I think maybe Steve Scott back in, in Triple Cone, then yeah, went over to Cardi's and I, I guess it was the days when all the Japanese were in town and, and lining the pipe. Um, but there was a few pipes and yeah, just really, really enjoyed the pipe writing. Um, because I guess apart from writing big mountains and, or just terrain, I guess I, I just like to get air (laughs) and, and not necessarily, um, trying to get too technical, but I just like to see as how, big I could go kind of thing um yeah so back in the in I don't know I guess it would have been 99 2000 or something hiking the pipe and um at Cardi's with like Will J and TJ I guess um Haiti Mayan I think was into it that's then. right that's a Wanaka head that um slips through the cracks a little yeah yeah hey. but she was always keen and charging and she was real good friends with TJ um yeah and and just Will and Will and um, TJ were just super amped and just really positive dudes. This is uh, Will and Tim before they were sponsored, right? They're just like grommets. Yeah, like I, ca- I, I reckon groms. they might have actually been hooked up by Burden by then, I think. But they were like, I guess, because we were all writing for the boardhouse. And mm. um, so just, yeah. Um, I guess Will might have still been at school, maybe. Mm. Yeah, probably was. Um, and yeah, but just boosting just so much air. Those dudes were going <laughs> so big even back then, eh? I know, like bigger than the transition, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, they were, they were fun. They were heaps of fun. And um, I actually don't think I had a pass. I think I was one of those ones that um, they used to have these people employed to go and try and bust the people that were... <laughs> I remember those dudes, yep. <laughs> I can't remember what they called them, but they, yeah, I knew... They had different jackets, Was I it think. courtesy patrol or something? Oh, God, I don't know, but no. I, I... Yeah, you could see them because they had different jackets, and so if you if they you could see them coming, you could just, like, bail. Oh, because I remember JMS freaking out. This was about the time where he was head of Terrain Park and Pipe. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And so I got out there on my lunch break to ride the pipe, and uh, seen him have a um, an altercation with someone that didn't have a pass, and yes, and he, he, he yeah. was definitely one to avoid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned before boardhouse. Um, so did you know the boardhouse crew pretty well, or did you end up writing for them or something? Yeah, I guess um, I got got involved. Well, yeah, just started hanging out with them um, when Rion was running it when it was down behind the 
Zone Cafe, I think it was at the time. Oh, Cafe Zone, that's right. (laughs) I think that's, yeah, Mm. what was happening there. Um, And I I remember actually painting a sandwich board for him, for Rion, um, because I used to, I guess, do a bit of um, painting signs back in the day. (laughs) And um, so I think I did that for him first, and then I think we, yeah, I just started hanging out and... You got on the touring team in um, the touring team. That is yeah. oh, that's yeah, a, that that's heavy team to be on, right? Yeah, and well, Rion had the old big old Landy, um, mm. you know, and we'd all pile on the back and go for missions. Um, yeah, those were the days. Sita and um, oh, that's right. Well, we're on the subject of Wanaka heads, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, so is, is there a boardhouse tour that springs to mind? Yeah, I definitely, um, one memorable one was when we all went up to um, to the spring festival or whatever it is, the f- spring comps in, in Ruapehu, and um, that would have been the first, first time I met Abby Lockhart, actually, she was then. Um, so I guess uh, Rion had taken the team up from Wanaka, but I had happened to be in Auckland at the time and I was going down to meet them there and I got a call uh, from a friend um, just before I left Wanaka, I mean Auckland, and um, said, oh, my, my, um, <clears throat> yeah, my, my friend's little sister needs a ride to the mountain. Are you going? And um, I was like, oh, yeah. And um, I knew Abby's big brothers, Benson and Tossie, and... Um, and I so and I knew this this other girl who'd called me um, was friends with them and and she's like oh yeah Tossie's little sister Abby needs a ride can you give her a ride I was like oh yeah I suppose and um, ended up going and picking her up from somewhere in town and and then she kind of got me running her around <laughs> <laughs> oh actually I need to go to my auntie's and pick something up and I was like oh yeah okay whatever. <laughs> Did a few errands for Abby, and then, um, yeah, we drove down to Rupahu, and um, she was fizzing, because this was actually the first time she'd ever been snowboarding, and she was just so fizzing. She was skating, and she was, um, she's such a little punk ass back then. Um, oh, really? Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> and, um, we, oh, we got to throw some dirt on the thing right there. Um, but no, she was a little skate rat and just, yeah, she was cool, man. But she, yeah, she's, she definitely, um, such character, but no, she was so fizzing on going snowboarding. And so we, yeah, turned up at Okuni and, um, she, I think we all end up staying at some random works building or something that Abby and I think Abby actually hooked it up, but I can't remember who hooked it up, but, um, yeah. Ollie and Rion and and uh, TJ and Joel Westcott and maybe uh can't remember or maybe Cedar can't remember who else but we all end up staying at this like Ministry of Works place. Oh right. And um <laughs> and I remember I think there was like a, those comps on there's like a quarter pipe and a slope style or something like that and I remember taking Abby up like for her first day of snowboarding while we were all kind of off to do the comps and she was this is at Tura and um, I just remember seeing her during the day riding the T-bar or something and she was just fizzing she'd like 
had her first morning and sorted it out and was you know doing it you know she naturally just picked it up and she was fucking hooked yeah her head then went on became a um, prominent uh, figure in New Zealand snowboarding international snowboarding indeed yeah Um, so was this the tour that I've read about in one of the issues in New Zealand snowboard where like Ollie didn't even ride his snowboard the whole time or (laughs) Highly likely, he probably forgot to bring it or something. <laughs> got beaten up by Jana Gibson or something like that. I don't know. Scary. No, yeah, probably. I, <laughs> uh, yeah, my memory's not like, yeah, not the best, but I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> so most of us found out about you when you were riding for Ride Snowboards. Yeah. Um, how did that all come about? I think I... Um, I, I guess I'd always been I looking in the magazines. I think I always seemed to think ride gear looked looked cool, <laughs> and I I was at the point where I I guess needed some new gear and thought oh well I may as well approach them. I think I'm pretty sure I approached them when um, Russell Riddell still had ride. Oh, um, yeah. oh, I can't remember the name of his um, company, but yeah, and I think Rion helped me hook that up through the boardhouse i think because oh shit did russell used to own the boardhouse eh? that's right yeah Yeah. and then he opened quest i think in queenstown later did he i I don't know i don't know either but i think he might have but anyway so yeah so russell hooked me up and it was cool he he was such a nice dude um but it was just pretty gutting because right when he hooked me up I think sportive agencies who do K2 and Smith and stuff. And ride now. Yeah, they, yeah. I guess there was a takeover and I don't, I don't know how all that went down. But anyway, um, I ended up right at, at that point. Um, so all of a sudden it was sportive that had ride. And so. Did I that think, change the vibe a little? Um, yeah, initially it did. I was just kind of bummed for Russell. I think I, I don't think it was something that he was. Oh right. Yeah. yeah, but I yeah can't can't quite remember how it all went down. It was kind of right when I started. I don't even know if I'd even got any gear actually at that point from him. I think we were just talking about it and then, yeah. But anyway, then um, John Saunders um, was working at Sportive when I was um, riding for Ride, and yeah, he was cool. He was cool dude, um, and yeah, they gave me some gear and yeah and to this day i still only ride ride i just love that gear yeah sweet and um did that turn into an international sort of thing no not for me um no just just rode in new zealand and through sportive and i guess um the team at that point was like sam devol and rion and magoo even oh magoo yeah (laughs) (laughs) at yep. that point um and who uh r&b was, must have been kicking around yeah too, R&B, eh? yeah well that's a good wee squad though yeah did you end and you ended up having a ride in half pipe comps obviously being sponsored that sort of thing um yeah i guess i did do a bit of competition stuff um yep yeah, and uh main yeah half pipe big ear mainly were what I did at that time. So who were you were competing against 
Or who who are some of your peers? Um, so always Joe and mainly Joe would win, you know. Mm. <laughs> um, I guess at Cardi's Susie Parker would always be there, and oh yeah, we would always get mixed up, you know. So there was um, <laughs> a bit of confusion there. Yeah. Um, and I guess Hannah Sullivan was always. I keep forgetting about Hannah. Yeah, yeah. Hannah was always. Um, me and Hannah, I guess, were quite often. Yeah, against each other at the end, I suppose. Um, and who else? Well, Carla Simcox, if she was around, Rach Newton was still doing a little bit. Is there any competitions that um, stick out as memories and whatnot? I guess, um, talking of Hannah, I think we had a we were at a big air comp at Mount Hutt, and um, the prize was a flight to Canada with the airline canada 3000 oh yeah and um and it, yeah i think me and hannah were um it was either between me or her and i i think i i i, I won but i reckon maybe hannah should have <laughs> but um i won the trip to canada but um that was that would have been the year of 911 and the airline went under and so oh, i no. <laughs> didn't get the trip so that would have been yeah a bit of a standout oh man and because i remember seeing you at the first burton jam which was it was kind of a a big deal back then because it was a it was a competition that wasn't a competition yeah which is way better Mm. (laughs) that would have been yeah that Mm. those comps are way better yeah Yeah. i'll tell you Mm. what the the remarkables uh, quarter pipe as well that was that was right. a good comp. Yeah. Oh, what was... Uh, I'll do tell Oh, I just remember... I, I, they ran it a, f- a few years. Um, yeah, it's had a big quarter pipe and had the T-bar. I can't remember exactly where it was up there, but um, it was a cool comp. I always remember Pete Eggs was on the oh, mic. And, <laughs> and I just remember Will J and his mate, his Japanese mate, I can't remember his name, were just... Basically, it just turned into those two just going as high as they possibly could, you know, just, <laughs> yeah. And that was always a super fun comp. Uh, quarter pipe was, yeah, really Rare. enjoy a quarter pipe. Yeah, it's sort of something you don't see much of these days now. No. Quarter pipe competition. No. Snowpipe had it dialed I mean, for a long that time. that was the ultimate, wasn't it? Mm. That was the best quarter pipe ever yeah. around here. Totally, and and set up too, man. Oh, it's a pretty cool set up. Snow park. So. Did you uh, ride snow park much? Yeah, I did. Um, I mean, yeah, I love snow park. Um, I guess that was kind of when I was. Um, um, uh, what year did snow park open? To the public in 03. 03, yeah, yeah. So in 03, I, me and Tim. Um, bought one of the signs and so i became a full-time worker which you know doesn't really <laughs> doesn't really um leave you too much time to go snow but i yeah went as much as i could did a lot of signage up there but yeah we um oh, i did spend a lot of time up there for sure but mm. um was kind of on, on my way out of um full-time snowboarding all right so sort of moving on from sponsorship yeah, so um, that was basically when um, Abby was, yeah, looking like she needed a sponsor and, well, she definitely needed to be representing someone. And, and I was like, oh, you should um, 
you should talk to Ride because I'm kind of on my way out now. So she, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, so that was your decision to, like, you had to ring Ride and be like, hey, I'm, uh, I'm done? Or? Yeah, I, I suggested to John that, um, that Abby should take over from my sponsorship if he was down with that. Yeah, because mm. I was kind of felt a bit wrong to be um, not really riding anymore and still have it, you know? Yeah. Can you enlighten us on the story that I kind of heard secondhand about a self-service T-bar session at Triple Cone? Oh yes. This might this <laughs> might be rewinding the tape a couple of couple of years. Yes, yes, uh, yeah. So that would have been, um, I guess, '05 or something. Definitely um, back in the day of um, the original Triple Cone management. <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, it was uh, you know how when triple cone shuts every season and there's still so much snow up there in the saddle just mm. sitting there and um i guess there was a bunch of us were like man this is ugh, it's just there waiting to be mm. ridden so we were like well how about we just go up and see if we can have a ride and so i think there's two car loads of us two truck loads um i think tim Waite from the fade, fade lounge oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and um nick burke chuck damien Enyan, uh me and tim and jew and possibly jobling um so we got to the bottom and the and the gate was locked and so we couldn't couldn't get the padlock off so there was actually no fence. It was just a gate across the road. So we just kind of four-wheel drived around <laughs> the gate. And then we were up, you know, we were up, up the top. And then we were, we were at the, got to the base buildings and there was no one around. We were like, but like, oh, is there anyone here? Didn't appear to be anyone there. So we thought, oh, well, shit, we can't walk all the way up from here to the saddle. So... <laughs> And me and Tim had our Wanaka signs track. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Triple Cone being like one of our biggest clients, so we were kind of like, I I was pretty sketched out, and but anyway, we were doing it. And so we decided we should probably just drive up Triple Treat. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we drove up Triple, like right up to the top of Triple Treat, and... Um, and then pretty much, I I think we parked, yeah, we parked the truck at the top of the chairlift, we're at the top there, and walked over to the saddle. And um, and Tim Waite was, you know, he's a bit of a handy guy, and he he knew how to start up the T-bar. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, um, yeah, he, he got into the, he got into the, um, the little hut, at the bottom me and Jew were pretty peaky because she was going to the olympics that year and i obviously was, oh it could be quite dangerous yeah, eh? yeah, yeah. and i was like <laughs> oh, i was just feeling a bit trespassing <laughs> <Olympian laughs> yeah totally so we were like oh i don't know if we're gonna ride the t-bar and um anyway tim got the t-bar going and all the t's were off and so they got one t and put it on and then just like four four guys riding one T <laughs> <laughs> up the 
saddle and we yeah but me and Ju were like oh no we won't ride the tea because then if we get busted we can say we didn't ride the tea I was like whatever um but anyway we yeah we rode all afternoon and the snow was awesome and mm. um it was just so funny and but like every time a plane went over we'd be like oh <laughs> <laughs> It was just, it was oh, so good, so good. And then, um, yeah, then at the end of the day, just drove down. I don't think we even took the tea off at the end of the day. We <laughs> just left it and then drove back oh, down the shit. mountain and totally got away with it and just never got caught. Well done. so good. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like, whoever went up, well, might have been next one to be like, Fucking old mate forgot to take one tee off. What a moron. <laughs> uh, well, I think they did know because they then they built a fence oh, right. at the bottom. So, <laughs> so the next year we did try again, but they had built a fence and we couldn't do it. <laughs> I mean, 05 was such a terrible snow year right till the end, wasn't it? Oh, God, so, I can't even remember. Was it? Yeah. Well, oh, I, so, oh, and then did it snow right at the end? Yeah, I, I missed. Oh. I, I, I stayed overseas for that one, and I was just hearing from the homies, like, well done on staying overseas. Oh. And, um, well, that'll be why we were so keen then. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome, because it's easy to forget that, man, the saddle used to be a lot more work to go and hike the um, yeah. summit there with the T-bar and the double chair. That was so... Uh, why did they ever take the saddle away? I mean, the T-bar away. Like, why would you take the T-bar away? That was so good, just having that extra bit of access. Mm. And now with just one chair, it's just so... It was all, almost helped with the cues and stuff, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, dispersed. Like, I remember when they had T1 and T2. Mm, yeah. And it's like, now now you, now if you want to ride that area, you've got to ride right to the bottom. It's yeah. like, man, if they had T1 or T2, it would be like, Well, yeah, and, you know. and it's wind affected too. Like, mm. when they have to shut the chair because of wind, if they had the T-bar, they could just, you know, at least yeah. let people. <laughs> just going back a little bit, did you um, have any sort of overseas travels with snowboarding? Yeah, I had a couple um, trips to Fernie. Um, one year I was ninety nine for the you know the millennium. Um, was that ninety nine two thousand? Yeah, I was there. Were you there? I was living out in Elko. Oh, yeah. So that was my first overseas season by myself. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah. Oh, classic. Um, oh, I was um, living in Fernie with my boyfriend at the time Tom Smiley and then there was some other Dunedin boys that were there Joel was there too. Joel was there yep. yeah um yeah so that was yeah no way because yeah. I didn't meet I remember seeing Joel and Steve Ferguson but I didn't uh, know them and I was yeah. like but I knew who Joel was from Dunedin I remember seeing him on the road and being like wow small wheel <laughs> you know but, yeah that's right yeah. yeah that was a good good season Mm. Yeah, so that, yeah, had that season then. And um, oh, did you ever go to Crow's Nest Pass? No. Right, oh, this place called Castle Mountain. That was like probably one of the best days riding um, ever at Castle Mountain. That that mountain has like some serious steep shoots down oh, the yeah. back. And you, it's almost like you, you're so vertical that you could almost just jump off the mountain and free fall down, you know. They're so steep and right. so good. And then you get to the bottom and there's like this gentle gradient cat track that goes back around the mountain and you can just hit hit huh. the walls all the way around and then you come so. back through this village back to the bottom of the mountain. But, but yeah, Castle Mountain, that was, that was a highlight 
forever, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I did another season in Fernie with Abby and Rach Stewart and Alicia Hosking. Um, that was pretty good. Pretty um, chaos, really, traveling oh, with those so. girls. Oh, just lots of partying and uh, lots of riding, obviously. But, yeah, just chaos with those three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Met some good Canadians. Um yeah, and and then oh, I think uh, the f- my first trip overseas snowboarding um, was when uh, Julianne hooked it up actually. So she was um, sponsored by Carrots, who owned Cosmic Surf Snowboards, and um, she was going over to do the West Beach West Beach Classic in Whistler, and it was like. <laughs> I think it might have been 98 or something and email had just been invented (laughs) and um Ju was off um and I was living in Wanaka and she was heading off and she's got herself an email and I've got myself an email she's like um hey there's a chance that my um sponsors might be keen for a um for a blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl to come over and do some <laughs> photos. I was like, oh, yeah, um, okay. And she's like, yeah, just check your emails. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. This email's pretty cool. And um, <laughs> so I, yeah, she took off overseas. And then I um, I was on holiday in Tiano with my mum and my grandma. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to go to the internet cafe and check my emails. (laughs) That puts a stamp on it right there, eh? Yeah. Yeah. And I got my very first email from Joe saying, hey, um, can you come to Canada? Carrots are keen for you to come over and do some photos. Um, So, yeah, I, I, yeah, managed to, I guess I had a passport and we, um, yeah, got some flights and the next week I was off to Canada to meet Joe and um yeah so they had this other brand called G-Girls and um I what, had to what was G-Girls? G-Girls was a I know it sounds so bad yeah. it's a snow it's just a snowboard like you know the Japanese style kind of mm. it was all like pastels and pastel colors and cheesy stuff and basically they wanted a blonde-haired blue-eyed girl to wear their pastel colored gears and stand there with the snowboard they didn't want me to snowboard all right and i was like oh, okay you don't actually want me to snowboard but okay you can fly me to canada <laughs> it's fine Did the, was it a paid gig as well or no no i didn't right. get paid i think i don't know if, yeah drew probably uh don't know if drew was getting paid but she she wasn't on uh, this was just they were doing that at the same time as her doing the West Beach Classic, and I remember getting the board. They gave me the board, and it was like, um, I looked at it, and I was like, "Hang on a minute! This the base of the board was just one big sticker on the base of the board, and then on the top sheet, it was one big sticker as well." I'm like, "Okay, so this is just for show." Yeah. And but they wanted me to write it, and I was like, <laughs> "Okay, well, I'm going to have to take that big sticker off the base because yeah. I'm not writing it." And so it's just a fully blank white board. Mm. <laughs> and so, um, yeah. Anyway, we yeah that was that was cool. We stayed in Whistler Village, and Joe was competing, and um, it was interesting with the Japanese um, 
sponsors to see you know what they expect of um of Jew and she would like they'd follow her around and like get her to go to the restaurant before before competing and have like a steak and so they'd want to take photos of her eating steak like <laughs> for good luck <laughs> the day before the the comp and then they'd want her to go shopping in a shop and they'd want to take photos of her shopping in the shop and like buying oh, tell yeah. her what what they wanted her to like pretend she was buying or whatever yeah it's just interesting to see how the japanese um people operated um that's a whole different um yeah it was interesting um yeah but joe obviously uh, you know a true professional through and through all the way she's just you know it's her job she's she's down with it she's been doing it for a few years with them so yeah. i mean she was with carrots for quite a while steak for good luck and tough shit if you're a vegetarian <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> i don't I, I i think i vaguely remember her actually not wanting to eat it at all but yeah having to do the the um photo shoot but yeah that was interesting but man that was that was amazing getting you know a flight to canada thanks joe that yeah, was yeah. so good <laughs> yeah fun fun times so what are you up to these days, Sharon? Are you still writing? Yeah, as much as I can, I am. Um, yep, I triple cone and caddies. Um, I've got a couple of kids. Um, and my youngest is four, so um, I'm really looking forward to taking her up the mountain this year. She's a bit of a fizzer, so Brad. that's going to be fun. Uh, my oldest is 11, and he's kind of give or take, you know. I'm... He's not super fizzing, so I don't try too hard to drag him up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I try and get up the mountain, you know, as much as I can. Um, treble cone, hopefully it's going to be a good season and mm. um, get some good powder. Sweet. And are you following snowboarding today? Um, I follow, yeah, I'm following Zoe, like... Shit, I think the whole world is <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think basically that's that's what I'm following the most really is her and how mm. amazing, amazing she is. Yeah. Mm. And just how, yeah, she's riding big mountain. She's riding park. Just, it's just so solid. Yeah. Just so natural. So as someone that's a, a former sponsored rider, are you pretty hyped on where you see like shredding guy now, especially female shredding? Um, yeah, like, I hope that I hope that girls are gonna be going hard and and yeah. It, I guess for me, I I might have been sponsored, but I, for me, it was always about riding, not I guess competing really. So mm. and riding the mountain, not just the park. So it's always cool to see um, girls going hard out up triple cone and and just pulling some big lines and yeah Brad. which is cool because zoe's doing that and hopefully her doing that will get you know younger crew yeah. not just focusing on the park and because she, she's who they're looking to right yeah and i remember when she won the first natural selection the jackson stop whatever it was mm-hmm. and i was just tripping because before that it's like oh yeah i mean she's amazing in the park and then just see that all come out like oh wow she's just amazing on a board yeah Totally, yeah, and that's the cool. That's the bit that's really, really 
cool and i hope that that does lead the charge for a new generation of mountain riders that mm. don't care about being seen in the park so much yeah. yeah cool and do you have any advice for aspiring shredders yeah probably probably that <laughs> just <laughs> pick a line and yeah just yeah just um use the mountain and the train and yeah get Sweet. out there <laughs> Cool. Uh, so that's my notes done. Uh, so we'll roll on to our end. Is Sharon um, favourite rider? Probably got to be Jubray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> favourite mountain? Uh, treble cone. Got to say TC. Favourite board? Oh, it's got to be a ride board. Sweet. Uh, favourite video part? Video part. Um, just Victoria. JLo's so. doing Alaskan spines. Yeah. Uh, favourite gig? Oh, my favourite gig would have to be the Whalers at the Power Station with Ziggy oh, Marley nice. singing. It's a pretty iconic venue, the Power Station, mm. eh? Is it still going? I'd say so, surely. Yeah. I, I played there at the Rockquest in a, as a teenager. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> what were you playing? Uh, guitar. Well, lead guitar. We had a girl band. We were in the in the finals what sort of music Je- oh, it was grunge in the 90s oh yeah totally <laughs> oh, right. oh shit it's like L7 oh yeah sort of L7 stuff. yeah totally I'll say um favourite city favourite city uh ooh Vancouver favourite trick um Alley-oop. uh favourite board graphic um, oh, it's got to be the Shazmat. <laughs> <laughs> the frog with the big long tongue. <laughs> Who has the best method? Ollie Burke. Sam Castle. And final bonus question, what's the key to a good method? Oh, um, oh, just tweaking it as hard as you can. So... <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for your time, Sharon, and hopefully we'll see you up TC if I can keep up. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Nice. Awesome. Thank you.